Pushkin. Hello, hello, Revisionist History listeners. Malcolm Gladwell here, coming to you from the road. Actually, I'm literally on the road right now, on my way to another interview for season five of Revisionist History. Maybe the most epic season yet. We're going to tell crazy stories about the art world, go inside the minds of the bombing mafia, hang out with some hilarious high school students in New Jersey, and a whole lot of other fun things. But right now, since I'm driving, I want to talk to you about cars. You know I'm a car nut, right? Obsessed with cars. If you listened to an episode called Blame Game in season one, where I raced a beat-up Camry at 100 miles an hour around a track in Michigan, you know I take cars very seriously. So, a while back, the Japanese car company Lexus called up Pushkin Industries and said they wanted to make a podcast with us. And I said, are you kidding me? Yes! I'm going to play a little bit for you now. It's our first piece of branded content at Pushkin, a six-part series called Go and See. That is basically one long, highly entertaining digression into the inner lives of Japanese race car drivers, engineers, metalheads, and sound geeks. So much fun. It launches today. I hope you like it. And if you do, go and subscribe to Go and See wherever you get your podcasts. Back soon. Bye. When I was a kid, my father would take me to the big art museum in Toronto. He would go inside, and I would stay outside the whole time, sitting on the steps, so I could watch the cars go by. At the age of 10, I would much rather look at traffic than Rembrandts. I'm not sure anything has changed. My name is Malcolm Gladwell. I'm a car nut. When I go online in the morning, my first stop is bringatrailer.com, where people like me auction off their cars to other people like me. Just so we're clear, I read the comments on Bring a Trailer, which is one level of obsession beyond the standard Bring a Trailer obsession. I have on a shelf in my office every issue of Car Magazine, the British Vogue of auto magazines, going back to April of 1999, with the exception of the June and October issues of 2001, which, for the life of me, I cannot find. And I'm almost embarrassed to tell you how many cars I've owned over the years. A 1972 Mercedes 280 in original factory lime green, a bunch of VW Golf R's, a Porsche Boxster GTS, an immaculate E39 BMW M5, and once, many years ago, a Lexus IS250 a delightful little Japanese sports sedan. Fantastic gearbox, I loved it. But then the lease was up and I replaced it with a Golf GTI. In my memory, I somehow filed away Lexus as just another kind of luxury car, like an Audi, only from Asia. Then one day, Lexus called me up and said, Malcolm, we'd like to prove you wrong. Lexus is its own thing. My first thought was, oh, wow, they're going to give me a free car, which, by the way, I would totally be fine with. But no, it was better than that. They said, come to Japan. Because we think what it means to be Lexus is something that you can only understand firsthand in its home country. Go and see. So I said, 
what any self-respecting carnap would say. Twist my arm. From Lexus and Pushkin Industries, this is Go and See. My producer Jacob Smith and I packed our bags. We flew to Japan. Jacob actually went a little early because he's also a car nut and he wanted to spend a few days thrashing a sports car up and down Japanese mountain roads. We met up in Tokyo and took the bullet train to Nagoya, which is in itself an experience. Checked into our hotel, which had, I should add, the greatest breakfast buffet in the history of breakfast buffets, because this is Japan, a country dedicated to getting even the smallest details perfect. And then we drove an hour north to Toyota City, a town of about half a million in Naichi Prefecture, where all things Toyota originate. And there, in a discreet set of buildings, is the home of Toyota's luxury division, Lexus HQ. Over the course of the next six episodes, I'm going to tell you what we learned there. Yeah, that's great. That was, no, that was fantastic. That was uh, one of the most fun I've had as a passenger in a car, maybe ever. Getting briefed by race car drivers testing sports cars, making microscopic adjustments in a simulator, and listening to the general manager of Lexus International hold forth on Star Wars and why he loves the shape of the once controversial Lexus front grille. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader is Warmono, the Batman, and in the first uh, movie, people doesn't like Darth Vader. But finally, he's the most famous <laughs> hero in the Star Wars. The Lexus grille is in the shape of a spindle, wide at the top, wider at the bottom, and cinched in the middle. Uh-huh. That's the same story about the Lexus spindle, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it reminds, oh, the, you mean the grill reminds people of Darth Vader's mask. Yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah, so he was asked, you know, yeah. in an interview, some yeah. people will say that so it looked like a Darth I Vader. The, I love yeah. Star Wars. I like Darth Vader. So <laughs> 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 because also Darth Vader is inspired Japanese or the samurais. So yes, Star Wars to samurais to the sound an engine makes and much more. We're going to cover a lot of ground in this series. But this first episode is about something very specific. Something that happened right at the very beginning of our visit to the Toyota City campus, which even given my massive jet lag, kind of blew me away. So are we going to the, going to the, kai, the, kai the kaikan? Kaikan. Yes. So kaikan is the Japanese word for visitor center. So every corporation has a kaikan. The kaikan is a big open showroom on the second floor of a glass office building. There's a Toyota Sienta in one corner, wrapped entirely in white faux fur, with two giant puppy ears attached to the back, which is like Japanese car nut humor. We took like 20 pictures in it. Next to it is a race car, the famous Lexus LFA. This particular LFA, I'll point out, so this LFA is one that we've raced um, in the endurance racing series in Germany. Our guide is a guy named Paul Williamson. Big, bushy, white mustache. A Lexus lifer. Our president, Akio Toyota, drove an LFA in 2009, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they finished fourth in class. So, um, you know, kind of a big deal to have a company president that actually drives. Toyota is actually what the Japanese call a master driver. 
No, here we are. Just the Sentry. They don't sell the Sentry outside Japan. It's a totally old-school limousine. Very Japanese, circa 1980. Boxy, understated. White lace curtains on the side windows. The seats are covered with a soft wool velour. Used to have a V12 engine. They are basically hand-built. We can build about 100 or so per year. It's always tough when we come up with a new one because every CEO has to have one the first year, but only 100 can get them. The other CEOs got to wait till the second year, you know. Paul then pointed to what's called the C-pillar, the panel just behind the passenger's window. I'll point out one other thing. The, um, the vertical panels get a lot of hand sanding before the painting. This particular panel gets most attention because this panel is a mirror for the VIP who just got out of the back door before he turns around and faces the cameras. Talk about human-centered design. This is CEO-centered this design. CEO-centered <laughs> design, exactly. That's right. That's right. Then we came to the LS. The top-of-the-line Lexus starts at $75,000. Lexus's answer to the Mercedes S-Class or the 7 Series BMW. This is an LS 500H hybrid. Um, so this is the new flagship sedan for the corporation, for Lexus, in, in yeah. Japan. You know, in the LS, a very artistic interior, so you can see the details of how the lighting is designed on the pleats of the door. Mm-hmm. Um, this effect of sort of floating handle on the door, the herringbone wood. Um, we do a lot, of, a lot of artistry on the LS. And, and actually, you've got to sit in the back of this car, Malcolm, because this is the long wheelbase car, and you've really got to appreciate the back seat. Did you hear the sound of that car door? The clunk? People like me live for clunks like that. Not quite as luxurious as a century, but pretty darn good place to spend a couple hours if you have to. It's not bad. Yeah. And then I reached up and I hit the button to roll up the window. And that first time, I have to confess, I missed it. I missed the small, subtle, quintessentially Lexus-y detail about the windows. Because it's the kind of thing that you wouldn't consciously notice unless you know what to look for. But after a few days talking with all kinds of people at Toyota City, I was like, oh, I get it now. You will too. There's a concept in Japanese called omotenashi. Omot means public face the way you choose to present yourself to the world. Nashi means nothing. Amotonashi means public face without pretense, without equivocation. Amotonashi is the heart of the Japanese notion of hospitality, mindful hospitality. It means, can you anticipate the needs of your guest and address them without your own ego getting in the way? At Toyota City, this idea, Amotonashi, kept coming up again and again. Like one time we were talking to Yasahiro Sakakibara. Sakakibara-san works on the Lexus ES and is obsessed with eyesight and with driver fatigue. He's an engineer, so he's super technical. But then, in the middle of some complex engineering speak, he started talking about how his thinking about design revolved around the five senses and their relationship to Omotenashi. And my studies actually, um, you know, uh, focused upon those five senses uh, as well as um, the Japanese omotenashi spirit, the hospitality spirit. And 
for me to deepen that knowledge, I immerse myself in uh, traditional cultural experiences. Uh, case in point was a flower arrangement. I went to a master of a flower arrangement and learned the spirit of omotenashi culture in flower arrangement. Now, let's be clear. Sakaki Barasan is an engineer. My favorite engineer joke is, the optimist sees the glass half full. The pessimist sees the glass half empty. The engineer looks at the glass and asks, why is it two times larger than it needs to be? The engineer is supposed to be rigorous and unsentimental. I guarantee you that automotive engineers in Munich and Stuttgart do not go and consult with masters of flower arrangement. A German engineer's idea of flower arrangement would be to line up the flowers in a straight line and number them one through ten. How did that impact the way you think about cars? Well, um, flower arrangement really roots back to about 700 years ago here in Japan. So then Sakaki Barasan starts talking about the three tiers of flower design and its connection to aesthetics and omotenashi. Everywhere we went to Toyota City, that same word. Omotenashi. Omotenashi. Yeah. Um, what does that mean uh, in to you? Uh, to me? Yeah. It's natural because uh, we are Japanese, so omotenashi is a kind of a uh, natural behavior. Um, it depends on person, of course. But, uh, you know, when we make up some product, we, we already think about the uh, customer's life. There's a famous story from the beginning of Lexus's time in America. Late summer 1989, Lexus had just launched the original LS, the LS400, to great fanfare. Cars were flying out the door. But in late September, a Lexus owner called with a small complaint about the housing for his center rear brake light. Then, another new owner called to say that he had an issue with his cruise control. Two cars, maybe three, out of the 8,000 that had been sold by that point. So what should Lexus do? The easiest thing would be to fix the three cars with issues, because chances are these were isolated problems. This happens with new cars all the time. One or two have some bugs. But no, Lexus recalled every one of the 8,000 cars they'd sold to that point, sent every new owner a detailed letter of apology, said that Lexus would come to their homes, pick up the car, leave them a loaner free of charge, make the repairs for free, and then return the car washed, detailed, with a full tank of gas. Oh, and when you got your car back, there was a gift waiting on the front seat. That's Omotenashi. So, the Lexus LS, the flagship Lexus luxury sedan. You look at it in the showroom and you walk up to it and sit in the front seat and you think, oh, it's just like a Mercedes S-Class or a BMW 7 Series. The Audi of Asia. No, it's not. Because it's conceived in the spirit of Omotenashi. Okay, we're in a... Uh a brand new uh, Lexus LS. This is the flagship of the Lexus brand. It costs like a gajillion dollars. Um, it's safe to say this is the nicest luxury car that I have ever driven. We are, uh, just to be appropriate, we've decided, Jacob and I, to drive around uh, Brentwood, the Brentwood neighborhood of Los Angeles, 
one of the most expensive neighborhoods in America, the kind of place where very discerning Hollywood types drive their Lexuses. Yeah, we're not out of place here in this car. We're not out of place. No one's gonna, no security guards are chasing us away in our LS. And we're gonna head up into some of the... Uh... When Jacob and I got back to the States, we borrowed an LS from Lexus, took it for a spin in some fancy neighborhood in Los Angeles, Brentwood. We wanted to test out something in the wild, that thing I'd first noticed back in the Kaikon at Toyota City, the way the car welcomes you. When we walked towards it and opened it up with the key fob, the car rose to meet us. We got in ever so gracefully, then it gently settled down again. The wheel itself, the steering wheel, comes out and up into your preferred position for where you want your hands to be and, and your eye level and all that. And then the car itself, now that we have the adaptive variable suspension turned on, has lowered itself into the appropriate, the entire chassis of the car has lowered itself into the appropriate uh, driving mo like position because it was raised when we got in to make even just a few inches just that much easier for us to enter the car and sit down uh, and not have to kind of plop down. Now, the technical reason for that is that if the car raises itself, it makes it easier to get in and out of the car. Your hip point should be aligned with the height of the seat. But all I could think about was, oh man, omutanashi. Then we pulled over in front of one of those big mansions. Wait, let's do some clunking. Yes, yeah. Um, let's hear the, uh, the doors. Jake, I'm gonna, I want you to slam. Can you do your door at the same time? Yeah. We're gonna do it in unison. This is what a door is supposed to sound like. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, we oh yeah. Let me get. I'm making just mine. Also, can you hear the difference in the noise? Like you hear all the sound of the world. It's gone. Oh, the windows. Remember back when I was in the Kaikon, and there was that little thing with the windows. We hadn't yet heard everyone talking about Omotenashi, so I didn't yet understand what I was looking at as I rolled up the window. Now I do. The traditional Japanese tea room has a door called the Najiri Guchi, a sliding panel door. It's so small, you have to crawl through on your hands and knees. Understand that what takes place in the tea room, the Japanese tea ceremony, is the essence of Omotenashi, an elaborate ceremony designed to anticipate and address every aspect of the guest's comfort. Everything is choreographed, including the way you're supposed to open the Najiri Gucci. You use the hand closest to the door to open it a few inches. Then you switch hands and slide the door the rest of the way. You enter quietly and softly on your knees, closing the door behind you in a way that draws the least attention to yourself. There are literally books of etiquette on how to perform this movement with grace and balance. Because at the crucial moment that the door is almost closed, you're supposed to slow down so that it makes impact with the door jam as elegantly and silently as possible. So, how do you suppose the window on the LS closes? So I've now opened the window. Okay, now I'm gonna, I'm clicking it once and the window's gonna close. So, it goes up, 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 and it slows. 
Omutanashi, it's the tea ceremony. Even just the, the little thunk of it sealing is so good. <laughs> and you know that someone spent like, you know, good probably 50, 100 hours just, just on that just little noise. That. Yeah. Every other car window goes except Lexus. That's Omutanashi. Go and See is produced by Jacob Smith with Emily Rostek and Carly Migliori. Edited by Julia Barton. Evan Viola composed our theme music and mixed and mastered our episodes. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, Head of Fame, Paul Williamson, the Mark Levinson engineers, and all the Lexus executives, engineers, and designers who participated in our recordings. Go and See is a production of Lexus and Pushkin Industries. I'm Malcolm Gladwell.